Welcome to the Principles of Success, Season 3, Episode 7. And today we are talking about the four quadrants. However, there are multiple four quadrants, and some of them dominate the other four quadrants. The number one that dominates it is the Rich Dad Poor Dad four quadrants. And that's the first one we're going to talk about. But first, so Rich Dad Poor Dad four quadrants. Um, first off, what's a four quadrant? Just it's four squares. You have a top left, top right, a bottom left, and a bottom right. In the top left, you have a employee. On the bottom left, you have self-employed. So both employees, just different types. On the top right, you have big business or business. On the bottom right, you have investor. So E-S-B-I. Now, what the heck am I talking about? The left side are the people that trade time for money. If you're an employee or you are self-employed, you're trading your time to generate money. Now, an employee, he has to listen to what his boss says. A self-employed has to listen to what his customers say. You are limited by the number of hours that you can work. An employee, unless it's a really high-paying job, usually makes less than a self-employed, unless the self-employed is a really terrible businessman. But either way, you are still trading time for money. On the other side of the quadrant is the B and I. So what's the difference between business and self-employed? Well, for more, most cases, self-employed people own their businesses. But the difference in this case, the difference between a business and a self-employee is does the business operate if you're not working? Does the business produce any money if you're not working? My mom has a massage therapy business. Uh, she came on in the first couple of episodes of the podcast to talk about her business and the health benefits of massage. She is self-employed. She doesn't have any employees. If she's not doing massages, then her business isn't generating any money. For instance, she got exposed to COVID, so she had to quarantine this week. When you're hearing it, it'll be months ago. But uh, this so because she couldn't go do massages, then her business made no money. And that cash that she was planning on being produced evaporates. So that's the difference between, in this case, business versus self-employed. And then the other main difference between the right side of the quadrant and the left side of the quadrant is a leverage. A self-employed person and an employee have no leverage. And an employee especially has no leverage. You get to do what your boss tells you to do. Otherwise, you got to go find another job. At least the self-employee, most likely they have multiple customers. So that way, if one customer is freaking annoying, they can say, screw you and go and go service the other customers and they'll lose a little bit of money, but not all of it. But either way, you don't have much leverage. You don't, you can't leverage your time. You can't leverage your money because you are limited by the amount of work that you're capable of doing in a day. On the right side of the quadrant, there's lots of leverage. On the top half of the quadrant, it is labor leverage. So an employee trades his time for labor and a business trades other people's time for la or other people's labor for money. Or an employee trades their time and labor for money and a business trades other people's time and labor for money. You are purchasing other people's labor to generate money and they are selling their labor to you 
to produce money for themselves. And you don't have to be a really big business to be able to do this. Um, in the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss talks about hiring a personal secretary. For my books, I use um, a app called Fiverr for editing purposes and formatting and stuff like that, So that, because that's not things that I'm good at. So you can hire consultants and contractors to do specific tasks to maximize your time. This kind of goes back to the rule of the $5 job. Spend your time on money on tasks that generate $100 and then pay the $5 for people to do the other tasks. And that's essentially what the business quadrant does. They take the money that they have and they use it to buy people to do the $5 jobs. And then you can focus on the $100 jobs. And eventually, if you become really successful, you can completely buy yourself out of the whole process. You can buy yourself a CEO, you can buy yourself managers, and then you can go skiing while they all have to work. And then the bottom right corner is the investor corner. And this is buying stocks in businesses. This is buying real estate. This is stuff that isn't necessarily a job or business, these are the people that are using money to buy money. And over a prolonged period of time, the best way to generate money is by buying money. So the employee, he has no leverage. Now you might be a very well-paid employee and that might be the route that you want to go on. Not everybody is cut out for the, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, but there is no leverage. However, you can still be an investor and get leverage that way. Self-employed, you have no labor leverage. You are the money generator, and if you stop working, the money goes bye-bye. But you get tax write-offs, so you get um, usually much better pay if you're a even remotely self or successful self-employer, then you probably are making about the same amount as some of the most successful employees. So you get a little bit of money leverage, but you don't get time and labor leverage. Business, they get labor leverage and they get a little bit of money leverage. And then investors, they get money leverage. And if you want to produce money, the goal is always to get as much money leverage as you can. So the left side is limited on leverage. The right side is abundant in leverage. The top half is labor focused and the bottom half is finance focused. So that's the first quadrant, and that's the super popular one. Next, let's talk about the offensive-defensive quadrant. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And my voice is beginning to go out from recording all of these episodes at once, so if it's starting to sound a little funky, that's why. But offensive-defensive quadrant. Um, and so the top left, offense, and the bottom right is defense. And now let's fill in the rest of the quadrant. So the top left is you're good at offense, but you're terrible at defense. The bottom right is you're good at defense, but you're terrible at offense. And then the other two, it doesn't really matter. Uh, let's just say bottom left is you understand the need for offense, but you're good at defense. And then the top right, you're good at offense and you understand the need for defense. So let's talk about this. Offense and defense. 
I already talked about it last week, but offense is income, defense is expenses. So if you're good at offense but terrible at defense, these are the people who are full-fledged rat race. These are the people who are living paycheck to paycheck, even though they're generating a ton of money. These are usually like your athletes. Um, Most athletes make millions and millions of dollars per year, and they're broke. As soon as they retire, they're in super financial trouble. These are your comedians. These are your actors. These are people who have high talent, your lawyers, a lot of your doctors. These are people who are talented, skilled at generating a ton of money, but they have no capability of saving and using it properly. Then on the other side of the quadrant, there's the people that are really good at saving, but suck at generating money. These will be your coupon clipping moms that are paid next to nothing. It doesn't matter how much you save. If you have very limited income coming in, then you're not going to get super far. Now, I will take a good frugal saver over a high producing spender because if you can teach the frugal person how to generate more money, they're off to the races. But a high producing spender you have a, they have a really hard time cutting back so that way they can start actually saving the money. Next, let's talk about the good producer, um, great saver. These are the people that are, for the most part, in the middle class. These are the people with a good paying job and they save enough, just enough, to be able to afford nice things. They're not blowing everything. They save enough to get a down payment on the house. They save enough for a nice car. They save, save, save just enough so that way they can afford things. And they have a really nice savings account. They have a ton of money in the bank, which I am very pro not spending your money, as you probably already noticed. However, just letting your money sit there is wasting your money. Investing it in cool things is wasting your money. So these guys are good at producing money, but... They're not great at investing it. And they're good at keeping the money, but they're not great at using it properly. And then the other side of the quadrant, hold up, I just screwed up really bad. (laughs) So the quads completely scratch pretty much the whole two second quadrants. Quadrant one is good at making money, bad at keeping money. The other bottom corner is the good at... Um, keeping money, bad at making money. Those, that two sections. This last section where I just talked about the middle class, um, I, w- I figured out why I was confused and felt like I was just talking out of my butt is because the next quadrant are the people that are bad at making money and bad at keeping money. These are your minimum wage spenders. These are my sisters. My sisters, uh, hopefully they're not listening to this episode. I doubt they are, but... My sisters are terrible with money. My parents are the good at producing money, terrible at keeping money. My sisters are the terrible at generating money. They both don't make a whole lot, and they both spend like crazy. My little sister especially. She's getting better as she's getting older, but I think the most money she's ever had in her bank account is 100 bucks. They spend it on junk. They spend it on treats. They spend it on all these different things, and they have no real skills to produce money 
And because they have no money, they can't increase their skills of producing money. So the section where I was talking kind of like the middle class, that is more of the not necessarily... They're kind of the center. They're the middle. Some of them are good at producing money, kind of okay at keeping money, or they're really good at keeping money and kind of okay at producing money. That's the middle class. Then you've got the super poor, which are bad at producing money and bad at keeping money. And then you've got the wealthy. These are the people that you need to become. These are the good at offense and good at defense. These are the people that are good at producing a ton of money and are good at keeping the money. And you need to focus on becoming good at both. You need to learn how to produce more money and you need to learn how to be efficient with the money that you have. And they feed each other. When you're good at keeping money, you have money which you can then use for educational purposes or investing purposes to then generate more income which you can then use to keep more money and repeat the process over and over again until you have a very high level of income producing capabilities and it doesn't matter what you do you can be an employee you can be a doctor go to school that kind of stuff you can be a business owner um, take lots of workshops to learn business tactics and become really good take sales courses take marketing courses um, and then there's self-employed guys public speakers they make a lot of money they also spend a lot of money on honing their craft actors they get paid a lot of money but they also spend a lot of money on coaches to make sure that their acting becomes peak performance so the super wealthy are the people who are good at both offense and defense. The people who seem wealthy but are living paycheck to paycheck are good at producing but not saving. The people who are doing okay are the people who are good at saving but not necessarily producing. And then the people who are doing downright terrible are the people who suck at producing and suck at saving. And then the middle class is kind of in the middle of this quadrant because some of them are good at producing but not necessarily good at saving and some of them are um, good at saving but not the best at producing so that's the two different four quadrants that I wanted to talk about today so why did I want to talk about them let's talk about that real quick the rich dad quadrant it's important to remember the different types of ways money is produced you've got the employee the self-employed the business owner and the investor and depending on how you are producing your money the more leverage you have. And then the offensive-defensive quadrant. The reason behind this quadrant should be kind of self-explanatory. It's to hammer home that you need to get good at both skills of money. You need to get good at the generating and you need to good at the saving. I am fantastic at the saving part. I am good at the generating part. And I am getting better at the generating part all the time. So with that, that is it for today. Go check out my book, The Blueprint of Wealth. Link is below. Next week, we are going to talk a little bit more about employee versus um, entrepreneur and the different types of money, which we already talked about a little bit on the first episode. So with that, I will see you all next week.